I've been on this uh, sermon series on the parables of Jesus, and uh, it's been fun. Um, I love I love parables because uh, I, I like I like telling stories. I don't know if you guys know, but I like telling stories and I like hearing stories. So I love like uh, stand-up comedians that don't tell jokes but they tell stories. Like Trevor Noah is one of them. Like he I, I haven't really heard him tell a joke. Maybe like you know because no one's here there, but he tells these stories and it's just amazing. You know, it's like you laugh and sometimes you cry. And it's, 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 a bless, it's a blessing uh, to hear. You know, I really like Trevor Noah. He's a great guy. Um, but, you know, I love Jesus' parables is because these are stories that he tells. These are, uh, the parable is defined, um, if you look it up, it's, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. You know, like the, earthly, the earthly story that we can relate to about like farming and things like that because they were all agricultural back then. But it has a heavenly, you know, like a message, a heavenly meaning. Um, and Jesus taught a lot in these parables. And today we're going to be looking at the parable of the sower. Yes. Uh, we got to fix that. I'll fix it this week. Um, the parable of the sower. Who knows who painted this? Who? Mm, Van Gogh. Van Gogh. That's what I used to say. Um, so the parable of the sower. This is one of the parables that's found in all three synoptic gospels again. right? I, did, I preached a, a sermon a few weeks ago in a sermon the parable that's found in uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, the three synoptic gospels. And I feel like this is another one that kind of goes in this order. And uh, I wanted to look at it today. And uh, this parable, it, it, it's got Jesus talks in parables because he wants us to not just, he doesn't want to just give us the answer. Right? You know, like, like you know, there's teachers that just give you the answer, and then there's teachers that will help you to, like, arrive at the answer. But he wants you to, to take these stories home and work it out in your heart and then come up with like your understanding of it. And so this is one of the reasons that he teaches in these parables. And he also knows that there are people that are going to just reject them. And so you know, they're just going to go right over their heads. And so uh, you know, this is why um, he, he preaches and I mean he teaches a lot in parables. And this one, uh, the parable of the sword is one of the rare parables that Jesus actually explains to his disciples what it means. Um, so we can't really get it wrong here, right? This is a very easy, it's a fairly easy sermon for me. Um, this this makes it really easy for us to preach out of this passage. Um, and I, I was I was writing the sermon, I was like reading things here and there, and I read this guy, and he like kind of wrote an article, and he was talking about how Jesus really didn't mean what he meant when he explained this parable. And I was like, oh, <laughs> how are you going to tell you that Jesus is like, this is the meaning, and then he says like, oh, this is not really not what he meant. And he had like a different interpretation. And so I don't think we can really do that with things like this. We really have to look at God's, uh, Jesus' original meaning and why he preaches things like that. There's lessons that we can draw from this, but uh, we can't really, you know, uh, try to, like, I think this guy wanted to get, have such a unique take on this parable that he, like, took it too far and then just, like, you know, like went off um, on, a, on a completely different tangent. But we have to know that, you know, in Ecclesiastes, he says there's nothing new under the sun. There is, there's, there, like, you can't look at the Bible and be like, oh, I'm going to find this, like, you know, this ultra unique way to look at the scripture. But we have to read it in the way that God, like, God intended and the writers intended the me- original meaning for it to be. And the original, you know, meaning, uh, the, the author here is Jesus. Basically, this is Jesus tells a story and he actually gives us the meaning. And so we really have to stay true to the word of God. Um, and we can't read too much into this. Uh, and here Jesus gives us. The answers, right? He's like, you know, like I'm gonna give you the, I'm gonna give you the, the problem, and I'm gonna give you the answer. Uh, when I was in high school, 
Dr. Kevorkian, right? I had this, I, I took an AP class. I don't know if you guys know what AP class is, advanced placement. I wasn't that dumb. <laughs> I, I, that's only, I was the only AP class that I ever took in my life. Um, I took it because my sister told me to take it. And so we had this teacher, his name was Dr. Uh, Kevorkian. He's not the suicide assistant guy. Um, he's, he was an Armenian guy that uh, he used to be a doctor, and then he started teaching in, in, in our high school. And he did, taught anatomy, you know, human anatomy. And um, this was one of the classes. This was a class that was so hard that even, like, the nerdy Asian kids got together and cheated. Right? This, is, this is how hard this class was. And I wasn't one of the nerdy Asian kids. I just followed along with them so that we can, like, oh, let's get good grades together, right? Um, but his midterms were incredibly hard. I remember the first midterm that he gave us was a bunch of bones, like human bones and little dishes all around the classroom, and we had to identify them by name. Right? And then we had to, like, and then you don't, you don't understand. There's, like, a bunch of bones in your wrist. You put like two bones from the wrist, and he was like, "What are these?" And you're like, "Bone, right?" <laughs> like it was impossible. And and in this class, we had to dissect the cat. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't alive; it was dead. Right? It came in this big plastic uh, formaldehyde-filled thing, and and four four students got one cat to dissect. And that was like from the half point of the semester, we had to finish it out dissecting this cat. And his final on the cat was he would have this cat in the middle of the classroom, and he would have these little pins where we had to identify every organ, right? And, and, and we had to, like, oh, that's the spleen, that's the liver. And then he also had to gave us microscope slides under these, these microscopes, and we had to literally identify what cell of the cat, what organ of the cell, like, what cell did this, did this or, like, thing come from, the liver or the spleen? It was, like, the hardest part. We're 16 years old, and we're doing, like, Grey's Anatomy, right? It's, like... It's incredibly hard, but the one thing that he would do throughout each, like before every test, he would give us one answer, right? He would be like, this is one answer, right? If you get this wrong, you're an idiot. He would tell us that. Right? Teachers could say stuff like that back then, right? Um, and he would give us at least one answer that we, could, we would be, so even if we failed on everything, we would still get like at least one point, right? Uh, and and, and Jesus, in this, in this story right here, he tells us these parables, and he's letting all these people know, but then this is one story that he actually explains. He's like, I'm going to give you the meaning of this parable. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show you what this parable actually means. And he actually says it that, that this is a, if, like, if you don't know this parable, how are you going to understand all the other parables? Right? So this is a very important like, lesson that needed to be, to be learned. And so Jesus gives us the meaning of this parable. So let's read it. It comes from Mark 4. I'm going to read it again. It says, again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered around about him, so that he got into a boat and sat, sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd uh, was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in, teaching, and, and in his teachings, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed some seeds, fell among the, the path, and birds came and devoured it. Other th- seeds fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and st- it was scorched. And since it had no roots, it withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold, and sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, we read this parable. I'm just going to read the first part. And we see the order 
of this parable, right? The order is the sower. There's a sower there. He's a farmer that sows the seeds. Then there's the seeds. And then, um, and then he talks about the four different kinds of soil that, that the seeds land on. And Jesus explains the, the different, you know, representation of each soil. Now today, I want to examine these three things, the sower, seed, and soil uh, of the parable. But I want to go backwards. I want to start with the soil first. And I want to go to the seed, and I want to end up with the sower. And so the first uh, thing that Jesus talks about, and the first kind of soil that um, he talks about is the soil that fell on the path. Uh, who grew up in a rural area? Where uh, you guys? So like, it, when you live in a rural area, like a farm or near a forest, uh, in anywhere where, where there's like you know very little concrete around, you'll have. Uh, you'll know that there's these areas that are roads that are paved like along the grass or along the, in some way there's these, these these hardened roads that are formed and it's not because like somebody went and like decided to you know make this road it's just be, that people just started to walk it's the shortest distance between point A and point B like it's we have a backyard and there's a forest behind our backyard right the path that would naturally be formed would be the shortest distance between point A and point B and um, and it, it, it's formed because, like, people walk on it, right? It's like, at it, first, there's probably grass, and then as you continue to walk on the grass, like, the grass dies, and then the ground, the footsteps of the people that continue to walk along this path, it makes the ground really hard and compact and really cakey, and it gets to the point where nothing really grows on this path, right? And then there's some paths that people have walked on for, like, generations, and so no matter how long, like, people, like, it, it just it just stays this road. It's just... Like it can it can be you know springtime and then summer comes and all this like you know grass and weed can come up on each side but the path will remain right the path it becomes hard and crusty and nothing can grow on it and Jesus says that some seeds fell along the path and because the seeds are exposed and the ground is too hard for the seed to germinate in any way the birds come and snatch it up and when Jesus he explains the parables later on he says that the birds represent Satan. Satan will come and snatch up the word immediately from the heart right, so that it can't really take root inside. And we've seen people like this in our lives. Right? We've seen people that you, whenever you talk about anything spiritual, talk about anything about church or the gospel or Jesus, they have that, like, you know, they, like the force field. Like, like, Jesus, like, they're able to block it. You know, like, it's just, like, there's nothing that can get past that penetration in their mind or in their heart. Right? You talk about, you know, like, oh, you know, you know, I had a good time at church. And all of a sudden, this this force field goes up, and then it's just like not, no words can get past. Right? And in, in a way, that's it's it's the condition of the heart. It's not so much of the condition of like the thought process that they have or things that they believe. It's just the condition of the heart. Their hearts have been walking the path of the world for so long. You guys know that, you know, in Matthew, Jesus says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in the heart. And so instead of the seed bringing revelation and truth and, you know, the gospel into, into the heart of a person, it's just it, there's, that, there's that hardness of heart that keeps it from even being able to break any kind of, um, you know, any kind of the crust of their, of, of their surface. It, they can't break it. And so Satan will just come and snatch it away. Um, you know, and the, and the people that are walking in this world, the, the people that we know, they're walking this path of the world, and their minds have been conditioned to the understanding of this world. It, you, like, you know, if they've been walking this path since they were born up to now, and they've been walking this path of the world, the wisdom of the world, 
um, and, and the ways of the world and this path has, has hardened their hearts so hard to the things of God. And this is like the path that Jesus is talking about. This is a path that, that people have been walking, you know, like you know, mules and donkeys and horses have been walking this path for generations. And it's just, you know, it's just gotten so hard and, and so callous right, that there's nothing that can break that surface. The understanding of the world, the ways of the world, it's really hard to break out from that. It's really hard to break out from that understanding. The Bible says that when we follow the things of the world, we become enemies of God. And so even the, you might be a good person, you might be a, you might do good things, you might give to charity, you might do all of these things. But then when it comes to their the way that they live, their the the goals and the and the, the unction and the, everything, the motivation of their lives is is on this path of the world, and it actually makes them an enemy of God. And Satan knows that when seed fall on this path, it's not going to grow. It's too hard, and there's, there's, and there's nothing that the seed can do, so he comes and just swoops it up and just snatches it away. So that's the path. And, and we, you know, we know people like this. I have, my dad is somebody like this. Right? My dad has grown up, you know, all my, all my, my, my grandparents uh, were Christians, and a lot of my uncles were Christians. But my dad, still to this day, you know, I pray for him, and I pray for him. But he still has this hardened heart where he just, he'll tell me, like, I believe in spirituality, I believe in God, I just don't quite believe in Jesus. And there's this hardness to his heart that has been there for so long that there's nothing that I can do to, like, break it. I, I think all I can do is just, is one day, he's going to see the change in my life, and then maybe that's going to, like, create some kind of crevice in that heart so we can, like, try to speak life into it. But his heart has been hardened for so long. It's really hard for anything of truth, anything of, of, of God's word to, to break into his heart. And so that's what, when Jesus talks about the path, he's talking about that. And then next he talks about the rocky soil. And Jesus explained that the seed that, fell, that falls upon the rocky soil, they grow up. Right? It germinates. Right? Who's put a bean inside of like a paper towel and, and put water on it and you see it like sprout out? Right? Right? Who's seen that? Like it, 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 the, the seed will grow, right? If there's, if there's water and if there's like something for the some direction for the, the plant to go down, it will germinate. And it says that the, they it's, a, it's a plant that starts to grow. They receive the word with joy. And, and the soil that Jesus is talking about isn't soil that's like, like all these, there's like all, people think there's all these rocks and then there's like you know, a, a thing to come up. But it's just rock, a hard soil and there's soil there. But underneath there's like bedrock. There's just like really hard rock that's underneath. And so that it, will, it will come up to a certain degree. But then when the roots aren't able to form, uh, it, the sun comes and it, it scorches it and it dies. Uh, in, in, in gardening, you know that a plant or a tree can only be big as a root system. Right? Who, who's, who's gardened before? Right? In Korea, it's hard to garden because there's no like backyard. right? So we garden in pots. But when I was teaching at, at my school a long time ago, um, I had this basil plant. It was huge. Right? But, like, for an indoor classroom plant, it was really big. I got it was, I inherited it from my friend Roy when he quit, and so I got it when it was about this big, and then I just I just watered it and I watered it and I like took care of it and pruned it and it got like this big. Right? It's pretty big for a classroom. It's, it would like lean to one side because it got so heavy, but the pot was only this big. Right? It was about that big. Right? It was big enough for it to have make create a plant about that big, but then the like the, the more I watered, like the more I took care of it, it wouldn't grow past that. Because a plant can only be as big as its roots are able to spread out. Right? And so, and 
And so this 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 soil, the seed that falls on the rocky soil, it grows at first. It receives the word with joy. There's understanding. There is that initial revelation. But their roots are not able to go down deep. They remain superficial. Superficial people, superficial Christians. Christians that are good on Sundays, but like like you know Monday through Saturday, they just like they, they there's nothing there that rem- that like reflect um, the the life that they live in the Lord. They remain super superficial. Christians that are all about salvation and being saved. Like I confess with my lips that you know I'm Jesus Christ is Lord. They they're able to like say the words and they actually try to mean it in their hearts. And they say, I want to be saved. But when it comes to like actual transformation in their life, you don't see it. They're not, they're not following the word of God. They're not walking according to the ways of God. They just, they just want to take it to heaven. And, then, and, and, and there's a lot of, I, I've known a lot of people like this. And you, you know there's a lot of people. That, that salvation isn't just about a ticket to heaven. If you believe that, you've actually missed the whole thing. If you believe that, that you have a ticket to heaven, I got this ticket to heaven. I, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. But then when you say it with your mouth, but at the, at, at the, your life reflects nothing of the character and the, and the word of God in any way. I believe that there's a lot of people. You know, I, we, I read this article talking about like 75% of people in America identify as Christians. But if you actually like, like ask questions and you try to nail down like what kind of life they live, whether they pray or they read the word, right? It boils down to like 16 or like 17% that actually are able to do that. There's so many people in this world that, that are the, in this level, this rocky soil. Right? They, they, they want the revelation. Oh, Jesus Christ, I want to be saved, right? But then when it comes to actually living it out, they have no roots. There's nothing that they, they produce in their life for the, for the depth of God, the depth of the things of God to, to produce the, the, the life that, um, that needs to be produced, produced in them. And they remain in this place. And then and, and Jesus says that when the sun comes, and he, he talks about sun as his per- persecution, difficult times, right? Difficult times, things, times where, you know, like where somebody will, will treat you bad. You know, you go to work and you're like, oh, you know, I went to church yesterday. It's like, oh, you go to church? Are you dumb? And you're like, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden they don't want, like, they're like, oh, uh, they don't want to talk about anything about, about Jesus. And they just kind of hold it all in. And, they just, and, and, and that's when that kind of persecution comes. And difficult times come. Suffering comes. Right? Somebody gets sick. Somebody, you, know, you lose your job. Uh, things happen. Um, the, they, they don't have the root system. They don't have the things set in place of the word of God and the, and the kingdom of God and, and the ways of God it, rooted in them for them to be able to, to withstand um, the things that happen in their lives. And then they fall away. And Jesus, he, he, he talks about this in this way. Son, as the persecution. You know, God wants us to be strong. God wants us to be strong. He wants us to endure. And in order for us to grow and be strong, God will allow suffering, persecution, difficult times to happen in our lives. If you think that being a Christian is all about blessing and favor, you guys, you guys have you're missing. You guys, there's a there's a harsh reality check that's that's about to happen, and you're gonna you're gonna realize because God blesses us, right? He he does bless us. God does shine his favor upon us. But at the same time, God disciplines the ones he loves. He disciplines the ones he loves. He, he's going to push, put things in your path, and he's going to allow things to happen for you to be able to say, hey, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I put my faith in God, in the kingdom of God, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break out of this, and I'm going to get to this. this I'm going to get past this in some way. 
with the help of God, that's actually going to make you stronger. It's going to make you endure. It's going to help you to be strong. And we're going to have seasons of trials and difficulties in our life. You know, a long time ago, there was this thing. They had a biodome. I forget exactly where it was, but it's like this big dome that they built. And they were, they, and I, I think somebody lived there for like 10 years. I don't know exactly. Like, people lived there. They were, they were stuck in there for like a long time. It wasn't like, like, like six months. And I don't know. It was like they were like years that they were inside this huge biodome. And what happened is they would grow trees. And they grew trees, and the trees would start growing really well because it's like they, you know, the, the greenhouse gases that were, that were trapped in there, and then you would like good atmosphere for these plants to grow, and there's no like pollution and things. So these trees would grow, but they would realize that as the trees grew, they would start to do this. They would start to like, and these trees would start to like hang over like this. And they didn't realize the importance of wind. How important that a tree, a tree, wind is very important to trees. When a tree is growing, a wind will happen, and it'll it'll bend the tree in certain ways. And as it bends, the wood and 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 the tree actually starts to stiffen and get harder. And so, as the tree grows, and there's seasons of wind, right? A tree doesn't grow overnight, right? So if there's like a year's worth of wind on that tree, it's able to support its weight. And then another year, more wind hits it, and it gets bigger, and it's able to su- support its weight. But in this biome, there was no wind, and so these trees were growing great. But then they just started to be like, uh, fall over to the and in the same way with us, right, we can't, we're, we're not supposed to be in this bubble where we're just like, oh, I'm, I'm just living, it's just me and Jesus, right? me and Jesus. A lot of people say, oh, it's just me and Jesus, right? We're not supposed to be in this bubble where we just, we just experience the good things that God wants to give us. We're supposed to be out in the world and experiencing the abundant life that God gives us. And there's going to be challenges. There's going to be difficult times. There's going to be times where you can be like, God, why are you doing this to me? Who said that in the last six months? Anybody, right? There's times where I'll be like, God, why are you doing this to me? And, and there'll be like struggles that I have. And they're like, I'll even question God. I'll be like, God, like, do you even love me? But these are the times when we continue to stand fast in the word of God. And we're like, God, I know that this is a hard time. I know that, that you know, like you're not going to give me something that's going to overwhelm me. Right? I know I can get past this. And you push through and you fight. You're going to get to a place where you're actually going to be stronger. And God, that's the point of God. God wants you to be stronger. There is a time that's going to be coming in the future where things are going to get very difficult for us, right? If the interpretations of some people are true, the, and, the, and, and, you know, like, the end, and towards the end times, and there's, like, this, you know, like, the, the, the you know, the, the tribulation and all these things happen, right? And, and times get very difficult. Even right now, being a Christian in America is getting more and more difficult, right? It's harder. Right? Being a pastor in America is very different. If you want to stand firm to your, to your biblical foundations, right, it gets harder and harder. And, and in order for us to do that, we have to be able to embrace. We have to lean into the difficult. We have to lean in to the trials. We have to lean into the persecution. Because in the end, God wants that for us, for us to be strong. But then, but then a lot of people, they, they land, it lands on soil like this. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Ta-da! You know, and they're born. And I just fly out here like, yeah. And then the sun comes. And it starts to like scorch them. You just you just see them wither away. And it's because it's not has anything to do in the the, the 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 parts that you can see. It has everything to do with the unknown that's underground. Right? That part, the depth of God. Right? What's going to help you in the long run isn't so much of what you do in the outside. Right? We're like, oh man, I'm, I can do this and I can do that and I pray like this. But everything that's going to help you is is the depth of God. The things that the people around you can't see. The things that that the other people can't see, but it's it's when when God takes you to that place, 
And he's like, hey, I want you to, I want you to come down here with me. Right? Because down here, you're going to be able to experience and understand just a part of my heart. Right? And when you're able to go with God into those places, right, you're going to be able to you know, like, like in, live a life where things happen and you know, you're just, it doesn't affect you anymore. You've had these seasons, right? You've been shook by the winds. And so now when, it, when, when that storm comes, you're actually able to withstand the turbulence and, 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 the, and the rocking. And then there's the thorns, the ones that fell among the thorns. When Jesus talks about the seed that falls amongst the thorns, the weeds that grow among the crops, and when the seed... And the seed that grows in the in the soil, like they're able to, there's no there's nothing you know bad around them to like keep them from growing. And so their roots grow deep, and and they reach the depths of God, you know. And and their roots grow so deep that they're able to 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 you know reach the waters that that are below, like the, the, the weeds around them can't reach the waters that they can reach. They're able to go down deep and, and experience the things of God that God wants them to. To be able to experience. You know, it, and it grows among among the weeds. I kind of went ahead of myself, sorry. You know, and, and what happens when there's weeds is it starts to choke out the plant. You know, it starts to choke out uh, the, the things that that are, you know, like if there's if I'm the plant and there's like a like a weed here, right? That that weed is also gonna have a root system, and that weed is also gonna start to take nutrient out of the soil and it's all, it's just going to I'm just going to get choked out and I'm just going to wither away. Jesus says that the seed that falls amongst the thorn and others are, are the ones sown among the thorns they are those they are those who hear the word but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of the riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things Jesus is talking about basically idolatry. He's talking about idolatry. He's talking about putting things of, of this world above God, your money above God, our friends above God, our families above God, our careers, our houses, our cars. And who's ever, who's from America and lived where there was a lawn in front of your house? Anybody? I, I grew up in Los Angeles, and we had a fairly, we had a tiny house but a huge lawn. Right? It was really weird. Our house was one of the oldest in our neighborhood. It was built like in the 50s. And our house was really small, a tiny three-bedroom. But our, our front yard was like fairly big. It was about the half the size, about like, you know, like a pretty big front yard. Um, and the, if you know about front yards, one of the best ways that you can keep weeds from growing in your yard is to do what? Do you guys know what it is? Right? It's to water it. You, when you water your grass regularly, in California you can't do that. That's why, you know, the drought and everything. But if you water your grass regularly, it actually, it, the, the, the grass became so tight-knit and so strong that when a weed-like seed comes and it lands, it just kind of flies, flies away or withers away. It's not able to break into the leaves of grass and, this, and the tough like, root system that is the grass. And so the best thing that you can do for the, for, to keep your, your, your lawn like, without weeds is to water it. And when we have all these... You know, and, and, and the grass, like as it grows thick, it, it protects the grass from, from the, the weeds and the things that will come and take root. And when we all have, and, and I, like the weeds are like the distractions in our lives, like idolatry. 
the things that will take our attention away from God. When we have these distractions around us, when we are distracted by the lure of money, when we're distracted by our careers, when we're, these are not bad things. Right? I'm not saying that you're not supposed to have a career. I'm saying if you start to put these things above God and it draws a, your attention away from him, and when we put these things in our lives above God, those things will start to choke out the word of God in our lives. It's going to start to like take root around us, and it's going to start to suck up all of these nutrients, all of this, the water, all of the, you know, the, I don't know what kind of nutrients are in soil, but like all of that delicious goodness from the soil, that weed's going to start to like suck it out, right? And then as we have these distractions around us and like say like, you know, I, you know, even a good example is like when, when you start a new relationship and you're like, oh, I, I like you so much, and you know, and you're like, oh, you know, and then all of a sudden you put all of your attention into this person, right? And, and, and that's going to start to choke out, like, whatever, like, word God deposited in you, whatever relationship that you've had with the Lord. I'm not saying that having a relationship is bad. But when you start to put those things above God, it's going to start to choke out the goodness, the, 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 the word of God, his truth that he's deposited in you. It's going to start to, to, to remove that from your, from your life. And someone, some of us here, we say, you know, like, I, I don't, I, I'm not into adultery, you know, like, I'm not about idolatry. You know, like there's, you know, I don't have idols in my life, right? But we have to understand that, like, like idolatry is very sneaky. Right? I'm very tired, by the way. I drove five hours. So I'm not in adultery, by the way. Right? Um, idolatry is very sneaky because it starts as a distraction, but soon it becomes our focus. Idolatry is like it just starts out as a distraction. So many times, like you know, you know, you know, like. Remember when Instagram first came out? It was just a, it was just a distraction. It was just a distraction. It was just an app on our phone that we would check once in a while. But then it blew up. And then now, dude, there's people that are addicted to Instagram. And it literally is an idol in their life. They can't, like, they wake up in the morning and they can't not open it. They can't not, like, you know, check. They can't not look at these things. Same with Facebook and all the other social media things in our lives. It... It starts out as a distraction, but soon it becomes our focus. And soon we place value in certain things above God. And then God says, like, hey, pray to me. Come seek my face, right? I don't want you to just pray to me and seek my hand. and like, God, help me, you know. But then seek my face, right? Not, not because you need something, but because you want me, right? And then we tell God, oh, God, maybe later. Who said that before to God? Like, God, when God, you know, you have that yearning, like, God's like, hey, I think it's time for you to seek my face. And you're like, oh, God, but then. Start dating this girl, and then she's like really cute. And I'm supposed to go on this date with her right now, so um, I'll check you later, right? I'll talk to you later, right? And then I'll pencil in you for Tuesday, right? But this happens to us a lot of times. Right? Uh, they focus on their, they focus on the, the things around. They focus on their cars, you know, their jobs, their relationships. They focus on you know, my kids, you know, and the photos of my kids on Instagram. These are the things that would distract us and pull us away and pull away the things that we need from, from the depths of God. When we have these distractions and these weeds around us, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to pull that focus away from us. And when we allow these seeds to grow, soon those things that start to, to like, you know, that were just distractions around us, start to really take the nutrients, you know, like the time, the energy. Focus that we need to keep our eyes focused on God. We're going to start to be pulled in different directions, in different ways. So that's the soil that 
That's the seed that fell amongst the thorns. And then Jesus, lastly, he talks about the good soil. When Jesus talks about the soil, he says, But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. So that, that soil that he's talking about is soft. It's without rocks. It's without weeds. It allows the seed to germinate. It allows the seed to take root. And it goes deep into the root system, into the ground. And Jesus says that it will bear fruit 30 times, 60 times, or 100 times, uh, 100-fold. And this is a heart that hears the word. And not only do they hear it, but they accept it into their hearts. Meaning they, they allow the word to do into their hearts what God wants it to do. It's not just knowing it. But it's, it means that we allow we allow it in, and we also allow it the word to walk hearts and hearts, walk in them, right? allowing it to change them, allow the, those roots to go deep, and then it actually we start to grow and we start to extend, and we, we actually start to be transformed. A lot of times we hear the word and we let it into our thinking, meaning, yeah, I know what this is. This, this is the truth. I'm supposed to go. And I'm supposed to, you know, like reach out to the lost. And then this is the truth. I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to seek his face. I know it as a, as a truth in my mind, but we don't let it into our experience. To that place in our hearts that affect our actions. It's like education, right? It's one thing for an MBA graduate to know about business, and it's another thing for somebody to actually own and run their own business. Right? A lot of times, like, we, 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 we have a lot of that information up here, right? We've read the Bible. We've been taught many things. So I know that this is good for me, but we, we, we don't allow what's good for me up here to actually take root in our hearts and to allow us to be transformed and be the person that God wants us to be. When I was, when I was uh, teaching at uh, the Hagwon, right, I had to teach the kids the solar system. And I, would t- I, I tried for a week to teach them the solar system. This, this, is, the, this is Neptune. And they're like, Neptune. And then I'll be like, literally two seconds later, what is this? They're like, the sun, right? They had no idea, right? But then what I actually did was I assigned each kid a pl- planet, right? I think, like, you know, and then and then I, I assigned one kid the sun, and I had them make their own paper mache planets, right? And then and I had, they made it, they painted it, and then they, they wrote on it, like, the planet name, and then they all lined up. I told them, like, this is the order that you're going to line up, and they all lined up, and they're like, you know, like, my most excellent mother just served me nine pickles. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. The what? Right. Pluto's not a planet, right? Um, and so I would line them up, right? And then they would see who's next to me, right? And they would see their planets. And I said, all right, this is the solar system. And as they saw themselves in it, right, he's like, oh, I'm Neptune or I'm Saturn. And they, as they saw themselves in it, they, they learned, right? And, and uh, I can tell you that if I, if I, pick, if I can uh, find one of my students that I taught like three years ago, and say, hey, what planet is this? They're going to know. Because I remember, like, I didn't, I, I never had to teach them that again. Right? We hung those planets up in the thing, and they were able to name it every time in that order, even without the mnemonics. Right? Because they had, they had experienced it. Right? And in the same way, the, with the word of God and the things of God, we have to experience it in our lives for it to actually make meaning. It's not, it's not, it's not enough for us to just be, be things in our head as truth. And so many times we just, we just allow the word of God to just kind of remain in that place. Like, yeah, I know it's good for me. 
right? I know it's good for me to be this way. I know it's good. I know that God loves me in this way. I know that you know I'm supposed to live in this kind of way. It's in my head, but they don't allow it to get to their heart so that it actually like causes them to live it out in the way that they're supposed to live it out. And and the good soil Jesus talks about is that it it not only hears the word but accepts it into their hearts. The seed is allowed to grow and actually transform and, and become something completely new. Now here's what we have to understand. No one is just one soil. No one is just one soil. And you can't be like, I'm the good soil. All right? I'm the good soil, you guys. I ain't got no rocks here, no weeds here. I don't smoke no weed, right? Like, this, I'm the good soil, you know? And then, or some people be like, oh, I'm the path. I'm the path, you know? Right? Nobody is just one soil all the time, right? We're all different soils at different points in our lives. Sometimes we're both, right? I believe that the soil that Jesus is talking about is a process. There are times when we are rocky. There's times when we're thorny. And there's times when we're, you know, straight up the path. We're hard. A Christian's heart can be very hard sometimes. And the soil that that we are is a process. God has us on this process where we were once the path, hard as a rock. The Holy Spirit comes and He breaks that ground. Who's ever had that experience where you knew Holy Spirit came and just broke that ground for you? And I had this experience one time where I, I just I fell on the ground. I used to ugly cry. Right? They used to take pictures of me at retreats and put it up on the wall. I'd be like, yeah, right. Holy Spirit would come and just like just wreck my heart, right? And like there, like there, there were years of like you know pain and years of like you know like things that I've endured. And God would come and just like wreck all that out. Where my heart was really tender, but then it didn't mean that it stayed that way, right? Because all of a sudden I found all these rocks, right? like sins in my life, or my flesh would come and it would start to like. You know, I can say, like, oh, my heart is good. I love you, Jesus. But then I, I also love this, right? You know, you've had that experience. Like, oh, I love you, Jesus, so much. But, you know, like, you know, like, you know, I, I also want to get married, right? These are things that, like, you know, would, would come, these rocks and these hard places in our heart would still remain. And then we, God, Holy Spirit would come and kind of remove that. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, yeah, it's good. But then we find ourselves, like, around all these distractions around us and all of these things and all these weeds that start to rise up. And, and, and we, we find it difficult. And then, and then there are seasons where we know that we were good soil. We know that there are seasons where we're like, God. Like, and it, a lot of times, the only reason that we're the good soil is God removed the distractions from our lives. God's grace came upon us and took away the rocks. Who's had a season like that where it's so easy to just worship God? You're just like, ah, like grace of the Lord is just on you. And you're like, oh, God, I'm receiving everything that you're speaking to me. Everything, my heart is, just, my heart is tender and open, you know. We've all experienced that. We've been times where we've been the good soil, and we've been times there's been times when we're the path, we're hard as a rock. We have to know that it's all a process. We can't just look at someone and say, "You are a path, you're a rock, you are weedy." I'm good, right? This is a process, and it's a process because of my next point is when we look at the seed. Jesus uses the example of seed of the seed because number one, I believe it. It's it's agri- it's an agricultural society. You know, they, they can identify with seed and sowing. But I believe that Jesus uses the term uses a seed as an example because the seed is one of the most transformational things on the earth. Who knows that the seed is one of the transformational things? I don't know if that's a word. Is it a word? 
transforming, it, it transforms a lot right? in the world. Right? This is right here is a is a redwood seed. Right? It's tiny. I know it's all blurry, but that's a finger, by the way. Right? So if it was a finger, it's like it's like this small. That's a redwood seed, and that seed, when it's able to to be what it's supposed to be, transforms into one of these. Who's seen the redwoods in California? Right? They're huge. They're huge. They go up forever. Some of them, the trunks are as wide as cars and like bigger than cars that you can drill a hole in the middle and a car can drive through, right? This becomes this. And I believe that Jesus uses the seed as an example is because this is what the kingdom of God is like. Jesus says this seed is the seed is the word of the kingdom of God. Jesus is talking about the kingdom here. And he's doing it in a way that we would have, have people, just a lot of the people back then scratching their heads. Because Jesus saw, like, the, the Jews back then, when Jesus came, they expected a military king to come and take over. Right? They've been under this military rule, the Romans, for so long. They're like, tired of it. They're tired of paying taxes. Right? They're not allowed to do and, and, and govern themselves the way they wanted. So they, they, they expected this, this king to rise up, to come and, 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 and have a military victory over the Romans and establish the kingdom of Israel. Right? They were expecting power, authority, victory, right? And when Jesus tells them that the kingdom is like this seed, right, they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it should be the kingdom of like aircraft carriers. I know they didn't have back then, right? But it should be the king of like tanks, and uh, they still didn't have that word. I don't know, like catapults or whatever it is, right? right? They, they, they were expecting this like authority and power, Right? Jesus says the, the, the word of the kingdom is like a seed. Tiny. But what the people could real but the people couldn't realize is that the kingdom of, of God is transformative. It starts small. It started as a tiny baby born in a manger. And and, and you know what a seed has to do in order for it to, to be it what it's supposed to be? A seed in es- like in essence has to die doesn't really die, but a seed stops being a seed in order for it to become a plant. It dies to itself. And it takes time. But when the seed is allowed to be a seed in good soil, it grows and it eventually is transformed into a tree. And you know what? That's how we have to see the gospel. That's how we have to see the gospel in our lives. Gospel isn't just something that we understand when we're saved. It's not just something that, like, oh, I remember the gospel when I was saved. And it just remains in that place. It's not just something that we have so that we can get into heaven. The gospel is the seed of the kingdom of God. It's the word of the kingdom. And the gospel is a process. As the seed of the gospel is allowed to grow and flourish, it will grow and flourish in our lives. So many people take the gospel as the first class of Christianity, right? Christianity 101, we just needed to pass it, and we get on to the other classes. But we have to understand the gospel is the university. It's gospel university. And there's, there's endless levels of the gospel that we're supposed to understand and realize and reach. And it was as we allow the seed of the gospel to actually take root in our hearts, right? it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow. It's going to become like, like a seed becoming a tree. You know, you've, you've met people that have been walking, you know, like walking in the Lord for years. You know, they, 
I've met some really old people that are just like, you talk to them and you're like, man, you don't look like much, but you're amazing, right? You know those people that are just like, 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 like they're just like, they're, 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 you know, like they don't, they don't look like the, the spiritual powerhouse that they are, right? It's like this old man will come and gently, Caleb, come here. Let me talk to you. Let me pray for you, right? And they'll come and pray for me. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, like so much power and authority in these people, right? But it, they've been allowed this to happen in their life. It started as a seed, right? It started as a tiny seed that they, they believed and they deposited into their heart. And it didn't end there. It wasn't just like, okay, I have this seed and I'm going to go to heaven. It's like, I have this seed and now I'm going to nurture it. I'm going to water it. I'm going to allow it to take root in my heart. I'm going to go deep with God. I'm going to go deep into the Word. And as they allow that thing to grow, it takes, it takes time. The kingdom of God takes time. Right? The things of the kingdom take time. And as they allow it to grow and, 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 and grow and grow in, inside of them, it, it becomes a tree. It become, they become these powerhouses. Right? I, I met this guy, Bobby Connor, at this, uh, at this thing a couple of years ago. He's 75 years old. We also met R.T. Kendall. Right? He's 80-something, right? And, the, and, 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 like, the way that they were and the energy and the anointing that they carried, I was like, I was blown away. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, I told you about Bob McCarty. He has the Bible memorized. Literally. I'm not kidding. Not figuratively, but literally. People are like, you want to know where that is? It's right here, right here, right here, right here, right? Like, I blew my mind. He said that he has a bookcase full of Bibles that he can't read anymore because he read it so much with his hands and, and that it all just started to fade away. And he has all these Bibles up there, right? And, and, takes time. You, if you allow the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the gospel, the seed, it's a seed. But it's, it's, it's so much more powerful than any army. It can actually turn you, can transform you in ways that you can't possibly imagine. And today, now I want to close by talking, we want to talk about the sower. Oh, I don't have a thing for the sower. We saw the four kinds of soil and then the seed that lands on it, which is sowed by the sower. And who is the sower, by the way? It's God, right? And I want to look at this a little closer as a sower. Uh, and his because this is this sower doesn't have very good technique, right? If you if you're a sower, then you don't want to like waste seeds. Right? You want to make sure that you have it all lined up and you go and you, you put the seed in an order so that it grows in an order, right? Right? That's the way that that regular agriculture is supposed to go. But but this 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 sower is, is not talking about actually like sowing in a farmer kind of sense. This sower seems very indiscriminate. He's haphazard. He he just tosses it into the path. Some land on the path, some land on rocky soil, and even some amongst thorns and weed and some in good soil. He's scattering in areas where he knows the seed will not grow. And even as in these areas where, where he knows that, you know, it, it's just going to get snatched up. And yet he sows anyway. He scatters anyway. And, it, and isn't that the heart of God? Right? That, that God, he sows his kingdom of grace and mercy and offers it to every heart no matter what condition the heart is. Right? It doesn't matter if your heart, it could, like hardened hearts, hearts that are distracted, hearts that have all of these these things and sin and things in the light. God scatters the seed. God sows anyway, despite. He offers his seed to everybody. 
It means that you don't have to be good soil to come to God. You don't have to be perfect and right to come to God. You just need to turn to God. You just have to allow that seed in. And in Matthew 13, he says, Hear the parable of the parable of the sower. That's the title of this parable. He's talking about the sower. It's not hear the parable about the soil. Or hear, hear the parable about the seed. This is a parable about the soil. And, and it's actually pointing to the heart of God. It's a reflection of the heart of God, despite what we are. Because you know what? If this was the parable about the good soil, he should spend a lot more time on the good soil. But he, he spends the least amount of time on the good soil. He's like, oh, and then some lands on good soil, and then you know, it grows in 2030. Yes, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, that, that's one thing about us being good soil, but right, this is the heart of God. This is what God is saying, is that no matter what your condition is, doesn't matter if you're hard, doesn't matter if you're distracted, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're walking in sin. He sows the seeds anyways. He offers salvation anyways. The heart of the sower, no matter what condition your heart is in, whether rocky, hilly, all these different things, the sower will still sow and offer the kingdom to all, even though not everyone will receive it. That's the heart of God. Jesus, as he is saying this parable, there's a huge crowd at the beginning. It says a huge crowd had gathered. A huge crowd. Probably thousands of people were gathered. Right? And he knows that the vast majority, almost all of them, are just going to like reject him and, and flee the moment that any kind of persecution comes upon Jesus. He knows that the vast majority are going to fall away. And yet he sows anyway. And yet he still continues his ministry, and yet he still goes to the cross. He knows that there's going to be people in that audience that are going to say, crucify him. We want Barabbas. Could we give us Barabbas and you, you crucify Jesus, right? Like, what has he done? He's, he's, he's a blasphemer, right? He says he's the son of God. Crucify him. He knows that people are going to hang him to the cross, and yet he sows anyway. That's the heart of God. The heart of the Father. And he knows that the vast majority of people will reject him. And right now in this world, there's a, there's a huge majority of people that, just, that, that hate the name of Jesus. Have you ever walked into somewhere and you just mentioned Jesus and people just like, ah, what are you talking about? It's like, ah, it's like, it's like nail like on the, on the chalkboard to their ears. They can't hate it. They can't stand the name of Jesus. And yet, Jesus sowed anyway. He died on the cross. He shed his blood for all. All that would turn to him. Anybody, it doesn't matter what condition you are in. doesn't no matter what you're walking in. The sower sows anyways. And I believe that that is the heart of the Father that he wants to display here. Let's all stand up and let's close.